Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the, at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. It's the first thing that comes up. Check us out there. We're always sharing some cool stuff. You can also email us anytime at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. Today is episode 93, and today I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bonos podcast, the token girl. She has great legs and even greater mind, fresh off her maiden appearance on the Jones Report this week, uh, my co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Edith, how you doing? Doing well, Bo. How are you? Doing, doing good. We got, we got to do a little... Fun little short one with Tyler this week. That was kind of. I fun. know. I was. Uh, I was touched that you reached out, and I was able to hop on for the draft this week. It was fun. Yeah, Tyler's idea completely. It was uh, Tyler uh, Tom Bridges, his criminal co-host, couldn't be in for our segment, and so he said, "Hey, Bo, can you call Ellen and see if she can do it?" So I was like, <laughs> "So." It was good to get you guys hooked up and, uh, and do all that. So we yeah, I got called up to the big leagues, man. <laughs> and we had fun doing it. So yeah, fun little thing. If you listen to the Jones Report, definitely check out Ellen on there this week. Hey, a lot going on, and yes. um, usually it's funny because this time of year, usually we're getting ready for football season, but we're not there yet. I mean, we're gonna we have preseason, but we're not in season yet. And baseball, we're kind of you know. This is the wall before the pit, last of the pennant races. But damn, if we don't have a lot to talk about this week. Um, yeah. Last week, we talked quite a bit about conference realignment in college sports. And right after we recorded, all hell broke loose. Well, all hell broke loose as we were recording. And yeah. it, it's gotten even bigger. So let's review some things real quick. Um, it's now official. There are four new members or three additional new members to the Big 12. That would be in Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. The Big 10 did pick up Oregon and Washington. Yep. And now we're seeing rumors are abound of what's going to happen next as now the Pac-12 is basically falling apart. There's four the members. Four. <laughs> it, it looks like from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing – it looks like those four members are going to join the Mountain West. Maybe. Maybe. But which, if you look at it, the Mountain West with those four, actually a pretty good little conference. I, the holdup is the fact that Stanford and Cal are yeah. uh, academic yeah. universities that have certain standards for their conference that they want to abide by for yeah. being research universities. Yeah. Mountain West doesn't have the accreditation, the AAU accreditation that they could yeah. get from the ACC. Yeah, yeah. I still think the ACC is going to be around much longer. That's what I wanted to ask you about. So uh, I have a strong opinion here. Mm -hmm. I think the ACC is getting rated next. And, and here's why. I'll kind of break down why. We've seen expansion. We've got 18 teams now in the Big Ten. Yep. 16 in the, in, the, in the SEC and 16 now – once this is all complete with the Big 12. Yeah, in 2024. Yep. Yeah. So my thinking is we're going to see three 20-team conferences. Mm -hmm. That puts effectively 10 spots in in play amongst those three. Um, I made a list. I don't have it in front of me now, but I made a list of teams that are, that are in play. 
Um, I think Stanford and Cal are two of those teams, but I, I think that's sort of Big Ten or bust for them. Uh, I don't think they're going to get into the Big Ten. They would have already if they were going to. Um, I think the Big Ten's looking at trying to get in Virginia and North Carolina. I think they're also looking at Notre Dame. We'll see what happens with Notre Dame. Um, and then I think the SEC is ready to pick the bones of the ACC. Uh-huh. The ACC has got a – the biggest problem the ACC has is different than what the Pac-12 had. The Pac-12 was in, was in negotiations for a new TV deal. Yes. The ACC is not because their deal still has 12 more years. And the amounts that schools are getting – are practically nothing compared to what the Big Ten, the SEC, and now the Big 12 are getting. Yep. My question to you is, now we've heard grumblings, Florida State has already gone public saying they would like to get out. Yes. My thinking is if you're Florida State and you're willing to let that get out publicly, you've probably had some conversations with others to say, how do we go about getting out of here? So I'm going to make a list of teams real quick. Florida State, Miami, Clemson, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, Louisville. Um, that was sixth. There was one more I was thinking. Duke. Duke may be pushing for it. Um, in the end, they're all going to push for it. But if you get six or seven of those 14 teams together, could they effectively sue to get out of those contracts and to get out of the ACC? Well, um, as I promised, this is a very lawyerly response. I don't know. I I haven't read the contracts. I don't know what they say. I do know that on Tuesday, there is a deadline for those teams which are currently affiliated with the ACC to provide notice that they are leaving the conference for the 2024 season. So we have four more days to figure out if anyone is going to try to push to leave to make it effective for the the 24-25 season. My guess is, is that nothing will happen this year. Okay. Um, Four days isn't enough for everyone to get their chips together because I don't know what each particular school's buyout would be from those ACC contracts since they're so long. The big thing with Florida State that they were looking to private equity essentially in the market to go to so they could pay that buyout with it. These schools probably don't have the cash laying around. Um, So that's going to be a big deterrent. Yeah. So then the question becomes, I think, does the ACC go ahead and add teams, at least for the interim, to try to at least puff up enough to look like they can't be fully rated? Now, I don't think that lasts more than five years. But... I believe, um, so I'm trying to remember the the cascade of, of the media rights contracts because the Big Ten and the Big 12 just signed new ones this year. So is the ACC's the next one up, even though it's forever pushed out? The, the SEC's is the next okay. one, but it's still seven years, six or seven years away. So if you think about it, to me, if you think about a five-year timeline, mm-hmm. that makes total sense. Yeah. Some of the thought that's out there is that since Apple Apple TV was the one that looked like they were going to do the Pac-12. Right. 
now that that is out of play, there are, with this expansion, there are now more games than the current contracts can hold. Mm-hmm. Especially if teams go to 20. Your conferences go to 20 teams. If that were to happen, it would open up a level of streaming rights that an Apple TV or an Amazon could come in and get and thus offer some more money for the schools to say, okay, we can get out. We can pay to get out of here. Um, Sure. The issue becomes, like you said, paying the fee to get out is an issue. Yeah. Harvest may not have that. Um, Then you figure, where does the money come from? We've seen in the past, the money has come from ESPN. Right. With their partnership with the SEC and previously with the Big 12 or the back with the Big Ten. Um, ESPN is showing they're not spending any money right now. Well, they don't know if they're being sold to private equity. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in the next (laughs) thing we're going to get into, because I think that's where that's going, too. Um, So I don't see ESPN coming in and saving the ACC. And I don't see ESPN coming in to say, hey, SEC... We will expand the contract to get these four schools, mm-hmm. but Amazon could or Apple could. Yeah, and I think that's where that money comes from. They I come in and say we'll take these rights because they need content. They do. I can appreciate that. The thing that I I hesitate relative to Apple is that they have made public comments saying that they want to be the single source. They don't want to be the offloader yeah. where they're only picking up a few things here and there. I think the MLB has been an experiment for them yeah. for the last few years, but like they are all in on MLS. They yes. want to be all in whatever they get into. Yes. And so I would see it more likely to be Amazon, which I think would be more willing to partner yeah. in a way that Apple may not be willing to. Yeah. I think you said you know, the head. Apple has said, they would rather have deals like their deal with MLS. Mm-hmm. Their deal with MLS, they have all the games, everything. Yeah. Um, I think you're right about their baseball thing they've had this year and last has been, it was cheap. I mean, they're paying next to nothing for it. Right. It's the Friday night game and the Sunday morning game. Um, they're getting those for basically nothing. Um, and that was to kind of get their feet dipped in the pool to see if they like that. Right. They tried to do the Pac-12 and getting all the rights to the Pac-12. Yep. Now I could see Apple coming along, and I think you're I think you're spot on here. Amazon's the one I think can go to the SEC and the Big 12 and the Big Ten and say, or any combo of those three, and say, we'll give you the money, go get the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I could especially see it with the SEC. Because I think the four teams the SEC are going to want are going to be bigger names, right? Um, but then I, but I do see Apple going to the Mountain West or the American Conference or Conference USA, mm-hmm. especially as some of these teams get rejected, so to speak. You know, the Oregon State, Washington states who have to join the the, the Mountain West, yeah, or whoever's left over of the ACC, like an NC State or a Virginia Tech 
you know, who have to end up, um, you know, or Syracuse, those kind of things. Those people will have to end up somewhere where they end up in Conference USA or yeah. the American Conference. Yeah. You know, something like that. I could see Apple coming in and saying, hey, we'll give you guys this much. And I bet that amount of money will be similar to what the ACC is currently getting from ESPN. ESPN's rights to the ACC are super cheap. It's they like, are. it's like a third of what they're paying currently for the SEC. Mm-hmm. But again, we've seen that ESPN's not going to expand on the money right now, right? Because ESPN has, like you were saying, their own issues. Disney's trying to find a way to spin ESPN off on its own deal. Yep. So um, I do want to talk about that for a minute because. Let me ask before we get back to that. Get to that. Do you have any predictions? You were saying you think that this is going to be on hold for a little bit now. You don't think anyone's leaving the ACC in the next few days? I don't think they are going to be able to get their financial ducks in a row in four days, even though they've had basically a week and a half now yeah. to figure it out. Um, <clears throat> now it's just whether is the ACC going to go ahead and extend invitations to Stanford and Cal. Um, because I honest, even if the Mountain West offered Stanford and Cal, I don't think they would accept. And it really is just because of them being research universities and they want that AAU accreditation around them at all times. Um, you know, Stanford could try to pull the Notre Dame thing. I just don't know where they would fall relative to affiliation for basketball and all other non-football sports. So I'm unsure on that. My question then becomes, they try to go quasi-independent, let's call it. Uh Uh-huh. Would that... My my wondering is, I should say my question, my wondering is, with the independent, whether that's Stanford, Cal, Notre Dame is one of those schools too. Mm-hmm. How are they going to be treated moving forward? How has it become prof- <clears throat> profitable? Excuse me, profitable for them to run as an athletic department if they don't have TV revenue? So, you know, Notre Dame was unique because they had that long-term contract as a standalone with NBC. Mm-hmm. For football. And so that kept them independent because they got more money than being within conference. So I would see it only as a temporary reprieve that it would be for a season or two and everything is going to continue to shake out and change. Again, I think it's a five-year timeline. I wouldn't be surprised that if we end up with the three 20 team um, leagues and then everyone becomes the second, third tier but it's it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. It's just I may be proven wrong come you know midday Next Tuesday. Week. Yeah. But um, I think there are just too many financial concerns to make sure that some of these schools aren't then in turn having to cut programs and sports to do what they want to do. Yeah. Does Stanford and Cal make sense to the ACC? Again, from an academic standpoint, yes. Um, I think 
I don't know if it was you or somebody else made the point. It may have been somebody else that they were just like, why don't you just force Stanford into the Ivy League? I have not said that. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, I think it was somebody else then that that I was talking to that they were like just forced that, but I don't think Stanford would want that e- either because they've had too much exposure being in the Pac-12 for decades. Yeah. Um, so they want to be in what is left of the Big Five. Okay. Uh, you know, it's just it's to me it's kind of interesting with Cal and UCLA being part of the same system as far as you know the university of california universities yeah and you're seeing this more and more within conferences that it used to be that the state schools were always wed together and they moved together and that has now stopped they stopped yeah yeah that legacy stuff i mean we've seen it with oklahoma schools yeah we've seen it now i mean the the fortunate schools to me were the iowa state kansas state who they happen, Vanderbilt is not a state school, but it, they're also fortunate. They are the lesser teams mm-hmm. in a big conference because they were already kind of legacies in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, the SEC would love nothing more than to kick Vanderbilt out and add for a state. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it would be, it'd be great for them. Um, you know, the Big 12 would love to lose Iowa State and bring in, even if it was Oregon State or Washington State. Oregon State's not a bad sports program. Oregon State's a better sports program than Iowa State is, right? And Washington State's not bad either. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I, I, those are two schools that yeah, they, they they the Big Twelve picked the bones. They didn't pick all of them. They didn't take all all twelve. They took they left those four sitting there, and I, I don't see anything wrong with that either. It's you know, I don't know that I would have taken. Stanford and Cal and Oregon State and Washington State, if I think I got a shot at a couple of these ACC schools. Yeah. I think the Big 12 does. Okay. I did talk to Tyler about this on his pod. I don't know if you and I have discussed this, but if I was the Big 12, I'm with the Big 12 just for a second here. Mm-hmm. I want to get four more schools. Okay. I know I got to go get the four schools I would target. I mean, I think Louisville makes a lot of sense. I think Pitt, we talked a little bit about this last week. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the school that if I'm the Big 12, I would go to. I'd go to Clemson. And I'd make a deal. I, I would say, and the reason being, you can go to Clemson. And we know I'm no Clemson fan. <laughs> you can tell them, you become the premier football program in our conference. Yeah. You avoid having to go play the big boys, the SEC, because the that's one thing I think Clemson does not want. Clemson does not want to be in a conference with Georgia and South Carolina. They're right. two biggest regional rivals. rivals and have to play them every year. Georgia and South Carolina don't want Clemson in the SEC. And if they have any power to it, they will try to block them. Sure. I don't think they can block them. If the SEC wants Clemson, they'll get it. But I think the Big 12, a great idea and play is to get Clemson. And if that means grab Clemson, um, North Carolina, and Duke, and then try to grab Louisville as your fourth one, do it. 
I don't I don't think North Carolina and Duke would ever know. No. No, I think North Carolina is going to end up in the Big 12 or in the the, the, the Big 10. I'm sorry, the Big 10. I think that's the I think that's the number one school on the Big Ten's list. They can get anybody outside of Notre Dame. I don't know. I just and and this is nostalgia more than anything. I just don't think from a competitive standpoint, basketball would drive that decision around Notre Dame or Duke and North Carolina. Yeah, I think now. And one of the things that I'm kind of getting annoyed by is mm-hmm. the people who are saying, well, here's how you can realign these conferences now. There's no realigning them. Your conference is in or out. There won't be a fourth major conference. There's no making this geographic. The idea of tradition is gone. Yeah. The idea of nostalgia is gone. This is a business. It's become a business because of TV and marketing rights in how much money is involved. Now the players get paid too. Yeah. No, the, I mean the dam the, has been bust. The dam has been blown up. It's full on. So now you have to make the best business decision. Right. For these university schools, for these university programs. And keep in mind, people love to understand this or know this. A university's athletic department is not part of the university. It is a separate functioning separate entity if someone gives a billion what was the KU had a guy yeah gives a hundred million dollars to KU sports that goes to KU sports but it doesn't go to the University of Kansas no but that's why he has the Memorial State after him now yeah he also brought us the the rules of basketball though so I I don't yeah so, I mean, you look at it and you go, okay, well, and again, I, I have no problem with someone giving a gift and saying, hey, put my name on Yeah. You know, if I gave him $100 million, that's going to be O'Connor Stadium, too. <laughs> you know, it might be Coach it might be Coach O'Connor, you know, Coach Bo Field at, there you go. at, at O'Connor Stadium. I mean, whatever it might be. Um, whatever, but, yeah, I look at it that way. It, this is a business now. And we all want to root for our alma maters, our local team whatever that might be, but this is business. And the ACC is, they better, I, I'm interested to see if the ACC can, is going to play this like the Pac-12 or like the Big 12. The Big 12 has done a tremendous job. Yeah. I mean, I mean it was, what, 10 years ago when things started shifting because Nebraska and Colorado left. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years after that, it was, is Texas going to stay or are they going to go? Yeah. And them staying, everyone was like, okay, great. But maybe the Big 12 has really shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. And Bowlesby has done a fucked up thing and all this kind of stuff. The, they were stealthy. Yeah, the Big 12 was on the verge of becoming the Mountain West. Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma leave. I mean, that's your that's if you want to quantify that's Jordan and Pippen leaving the Bulls. Yeah, and instead they got aggressive, and that surprised me because that wasn't who they were for the entire history of the conference up to that point. 
Yeah, Yormark coming in and taking over as commissioner changed the game. It was incredible. So that's why I'm interested to see with the ACC. What's going to happen? Are they going to let the schools run them over like the schools of the Pac-12 did to go get the biggest money? Because only half of them are gone. There's 10. I look at it and say there's 10 spots. And you got 14 teams in the ACC. And you've got, or you got, you have Stanford and Cal and Notre Dame. So you're looking at there's 17 teams really vying for 10 spots. And so, how do these three conferences play from here? It's going to be interesting. And it's where the money comes from. I did hear the number being ballied about, you know, after this year, this football season there'll be a new negotiation for college football playoff rights. Right, because they're expanding the field and everything yes. too. And they have not decided on numbers of expansion. That will be all dependent on what they get in rights. And I'm hearing the $1 billion a year. Well, and now that, because I think the current requirement is that the, there has to be six conference champions in the playoff grid. And now you're not going to even have that. So they've got to, they've got to restructure the whole damn thing at this point. Yeah. What I think you'll see is you're going to see an argument of those three conferences. They're going to say our champs are in our champs get buys or whatever it might be, but the conferences are going to have to unilaterally then align how they decide on champions. Yeah, because isn't that isn't this the last season for the SEC having divisions? Yes, there'll be no more divisions in the SEC in twenty twenty four, right? And so, what will they do? Which is sort of the model the Big Twelve has had the last couple of years, when they only had ten members, right? The Big Ten still has divisions. You know, how are they going to do it with adding UCLA, USC, and now Oregon and Washington? They yeah. haven't said yet. So I think that that's all in this negotiation as well. There's a lot to be had here. It's like you got musical chairs, plus these three conferences are not going to want a fourth conference. And if they know they can get a billion with a B per year for a football playoff, yeah, then they want to split that with as few schools as possible. Absolutely. And if they can split that with 60 schools, as opposed to 70 or 72. Yep. That makes a lot of difference. It sure does. Um, yeah. All right. Um, we want to go, let's have some fun with something. We're going to come back to another business thing here in a minute. I introduced you to something you didn't know about. I just introduced this about a month ago. And you've now heard of the Immaculate Grid. This is kind of going around now. Um, yeah. And I'd seen it on Twitter and that kind of stuff, but never really looked at it until you texted me about it yesterday. Yeah. So about a month ago, my son introduced this to me. So uh, P-Money, who you've heard on here before, he uh, he and I were talking because I play Wordle every morning. It's one of the okay. first things I do. I go to the bathroom and I play Wordle while in the bathroom. It gets my brain to wake up. My brain often needs that. And I just find it's a good, it's a good activity to wake up your brain. So I was talking to my son about trying to get Peyton to do it because, again, mm-hmm. I wanted to get him brain working in the morning. Yeah. 
And he was like, well, I do the Immaculate Grid. And I was like, what is the Immaculate Grid? And then I started seeing stuff on Twitter about it. He showed it to me. And we're going to actually fill out today's baseball Immaculate Grid. So what this is, it's ImmaculateGrid.com. It updates every day at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can only play once a day. Um, they have Immaculate Grids for baseball, men's basketball, which is the NBA. They can't use the, the naming rights, obviously. Football and hockey. I never play hockey. I don't know much about it. Football can be hard. Uh, basketball is not my strongest point, so uh, it's my son's strongest point, but baseball is where I can get it. Okay. So it's a it's a nine-block grid. You go three, three across, three down. Uh, left column, you see. So, for instance, today's grid. Um, I'm going to share this with you. Or you, you have I've, it got it pull, I've got it pulled okay. up on my okay. phone. So, today's grid on the left-hand side is the Atlanta Braves, Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds. Across the top, it is the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Marlins. So, at the intersection of these, you want to find a player who has played for both teams. Now, sometimes... They'll substitute a team for a uh, stat. Yeah. For instance, earlier this week, there was like rookie of the year or uh, the football one today has 3,000 passing yard season. Yep. It was like that. So we're going to do this together. See okay. how we can do. Um, now, the, the goal is you want to get all nine spots. You only got nine guesses. So you can't be wrong. And you want to get as rare a person as possible. So, for instance, if you had the intersection of the Yankees and the Red Sox, there are a lot of players who have played for both. You wouldn't choose Babe Ruth. That's the most common. You'd want to go to the most rare. You might choose Louis Tion or someone like that. Based upon the percentages is how you get your points. You want to draft, you can get your grid as low as possible in points. Ellen, let's do this. All right, you're gonna you're gonna kill me on this. Okay, well, we're gonna do it together. So I've got a couple of these. Okay, we'll remind everybody who we got. We got so the, the left side, Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds, top, Diamondbacks, uh, Giants, Marlins. The Marlins are going to be the hard one for me, but I've got one for Marlins Cubs already. Oh, so do I. Andre Dawson. Sterling Castro. Okay. Did Sterling Castro play for both? Yeah. All right. Who do we want? Which one do you think is more rare? Probably Dawson. Okay. I'm going to put in Dawson online. So you type in your player. It comes up. You select. Andre Dawson was 4%. That's a great number. Here, I want to see what Castro was just because yeah. I can do it on mine. Do it, yeah, do it on yours. Well, Starling Castro would have been what? Uh, he was 13%. Okay, so we got a better one with us. Okay. The Diamondbacks ones are, I keep looking at these, and there's certain ones like the Diamondbacks and Marlins are just because you have a shorter period of time in the history of the team. Right. Um, okay. The Cubs ones, I think I'm going to get all three. Cubs, Diamondbacks. There's one that stands out to me. I'm drawing a blank. Mark Grace. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
And he's going to be the primary one. That's the one. Yeah. He'll be the. There's, uh, there's bound to be others, but Grace is going to, he's going to be the highest percentage. Put him in on your grid and tell me what the percentage is. Mark Grace. Okay. The Diamondbacks Cups. We'll see if we want to come to a better one than that. Uh, 29%. Okay. Let's see if we can figure out a better. Okay. All right. Cubs Giants. Well, that's Chris Bryant. Yeah. One from the 80s would be Rick Russell. Pitcher. That's probably going to be a much lower percentage. Here, I'll put Brian in, and I know it's going to be like. I'm going to do Russell. Yeah, Brian's 35%. So. Russell's 2%. Yep. Okay. All right. So we got that. I think we know what we want to do with Diamondbacks Cups. So let's skip to a couple others here. Braves, Diamondbacks. This is a tough. The Diamondbacks are tough. There's got to be somebody, though, from the 90s that ended up over there. Yeah. It's like, I know Braves, Giants, Andrew Jones will work. Yep. We're going to go with that. You okay with that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, whoa. Andrew Jones does not work on the Giants, Braves. Who did he get traded to? Did he play for the Cubs too? He played. Andrew Jones played the end of his career. He was at Wrigley Field the other day for the game. I thought Andrew Jones played the end of his career for the Giants. Huh. Hmm. It does now remind me that Giants Reds is Eric Davis. Um yeah. Uh who who am I thinking of? No, he plays for the Dodgers. I'll put in Eric Davis for Giants. Giants okay. Reds. Five percent. We're doing good so far, except for we've blown one of our nine starts. That's on my friend's microphone. Where all did uh, um, the pitcher, the guy who killed the bird, why can't I think Randy of his Jones. name? Randy Where Johnson. Because he was Randy at Johnson, Arizona. He pitched in Arizona. He pitched for the Mariners. He came up. Arizona. So I was thinking him and Schilling. Where did he go, though, after Arizona? Because we know that Schilling went to Boston, but where did Randy go? I don't recall. I know it wasn't Atlanta. Pretty sure he... it wasn't Cincy. I don't think it was the Cubs. Yeah, no, he – yeah. No, no, folks, we're not cheating. You can go to baseball reference and look these all up, but we're not going to. Um, That's why we're talking through this out yeah. loud. <laughs> So, uh, God. Hmm. And then I'm trying to think of these. These Marlin ones are going to be hard. We got Dawson already. That was easy. Yep, that was good. Marlins Braves, Gary Sheffield. Oh, that's going to be a low one. Let's see what we got. Nine percent. That's actually the easiest one. Oh, 
I mean, to, the Cubs ones were were the easiest of the easy. Yeah, we haven't. Well, I mean, like as far as percentage, I have not put Grace in yet. Um, where did uh Ryan, the Reds' first baseman, after he got injured, he got traded. Where did he go? Reds' first baseman. No, I'm thinking of the Phillies' first baseman. Sorry. I'm putting it in grace so I get that out of my brain. Mark Grace was 29%, by the way. I told you that. <laughs> so we got five so far. Now we got three guesses left and we got four spots. So we are not going to complete the grid. Um, That's so my fault in the Andrew Jones. Yeah, uh, Bonds was at Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Yeah. We didn't go anywhere else. Um, we had a giant who was a brave, a diamondback who was a brave, a diamondback who was a Cincinnati Red, and a Marlin who was a Red. Hold on. What about that pitching core from the 90s? Um, did any of them get traded to the Giants? Maddox? Maddox, uh, Glavin, Smolton, Avery, let's see. Uh, Glavin went to the Mets. Maddox went to the Padres and the and the, that's Giants, the Padres and the Dodgers. Okay. Career. Um, Smoltz went to Boston because he'd have been a closer in Boston, mm-hmm. and then he retired. Um, I don't know where Steve Avery went. Someone's listening to us right now going, you idiot. And I'm I know. I know. Yeah. Giants Braves. The Giants Braves was killing me. Like, I'm going back to like. I'm trying to think of like guys from like the 80s and the 90s. And, right. Um, I was thinking like Bob Horner and Dale Murphy and. Yeah, where did Dale Murphy end up? He ended up, Dale Murphy went to the Phillies, and then he went to the Rockies. Played one season with the Rockies. He was on the initial Rockies team. Oh, that first season? He retired in the middle of the season. Part of the expansion draft? Yeah. And then, Marlins Reds, that's a tough one, too. All right, we're going to have to. Hmm. What do you got? You got anything here? I'm drawing too many blanks. And I I'm. Too. Okay, we're going to have to. We can't do this. We can't just do uh, airspace here. Correct. Let's, uh, let's um, we'll settle on where we're at with five. Let's, let's, we're going to hit the give up. And our score is 449. Now we okay. did not we did not do we did not go to baseball reference and check these. You no can baseball references just start playing around and you can get nine out of nine. So what what is interesting though too is that when you give up, you can scroll down and they'll show you the most popular choices for each uh square. Yeah, show summary. Okay. Johnny Cueto covers two teams, both Cincy, San Francisco, and the Marlins. Son of a bitch, I didn't even think of Johnny Cueto. 
Jorge Soler. For the Marlins now. Jorge Soler, both the Cubs and the Braves, but we had a better choice. Yeah. Jock Peterson, Braves, Giants. Justin Upton, Braves, Diamondbacks. And Adam Dunn for Cincy, Diamondbacks. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I clicked at the link and went to the baseball reference page for Braves Diamondbacks. This is killing yeah. me. That's the one that was just killing me. And I'm literally going, I wouldn't have got him, wouldn't have got him, wouldn't have got him. Um Adam LaRoche, I should have known. Ah. Um Jared Saltonamaki played for both of them. I know he played for the Braves. I don't remember Justin Upton playing for the Braves. Hmm. Dallas Keuchel, I wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, I was kind of looking at the picture just because it would seem like that's where the most yeah. natural pull would be, but I don't know. This is interesting. I appreciate yeah. you turning me on to it. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. I'll say it's, if you, if, if you're not a baseball person, if you're a football person, the football one's good. Uh, for instance, football today is the, the top is the Steelers, the Falcons, a 3000 yard passing season. And the left side is Broncos, Giants, Rams. Um, I did hit this real quick. I'll, the only thing I really did was try to – I got the 3,000 passing yard season, guys, pretty quick. But the whole point is to try to get them as low as possible. So, yeah, have some fun with that. If you haven't tried out Immaculate Grid, ImmaculateGrid.com, something got to get your brain just kind of working. And I thought it was fun. I, I, I was – at first I was kind of resistant to the idea, and I was like, I don't know. And then I tried it. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. So check that out, folks. Um, all right. Got Immaculate Grid. We got to the conference realignment. We got to go back to a business thing now. I'm sure you've seen there's a huge gambling story. Now, yeah. there's two, uh, two huge gambling stories. Um, let's talk about, you want to talk about Phil Mickelson or Barstool first? Uh, let's talk about Phil. Okay. So the, the huge gambling story, uh, there's a new book out. Um, or is it, is it how you explain, you knew a little more about this than I did. I've just seen the, the Twitter thing on it. Is Word is that Phil Mickelson has gambled a billion dollars in sports. Yes. Um, and as someone who is a frequent user of DraftKings, that's impressive. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Now, I knew that I knew that Lefty was part of a um, a conglomerate that bet together on stuff. Yes. There was a famous story um, back in the two thousand the late two thousands um, where they bet on the the Baltimore Ravens during the middle of the season to win a Super Bowl at like eleven or twelve to one and won something like twenty million bucks. Um, but and we've seen how Lefty will bet on the golf course. We've heard you know these stories. But now we're hearing, and I think I'm gonna let you kind of take it. You you hear you read it. You read the excerpt, the, the book excerpt, uh, excerpt. So tell me about what's going on with Lefty and a billion dollars of gambling. Yeah. So Billy Walters was um, 
a former betting partner with Phil Mickelson. He was convicted of insider trading in 2017 and spent some time in jail. And uh, he has a new book coming out that talks about that is basically about Phil and his gambling and what he experienced gambling with Bill Phil as a partner and seems to be a little bit of a revenge book um, because he seems to blame Phil for not testifying on Billy's behalf at his in insider trading or coming out publicly and saying that uh, he wasn't involved in it, any insider trading, but he and Phil were 50-50 partners for a number of years. And then he coordinated with other people who betted with Phil and kept records. Cause I guess Billy Walters kept immaculate records about wins and losses. Mm -hmm. And over the course of, um, geez, I can't remember like 10 years or something like that. Uh, He's lost over $1 billion. This is Phil Mickelson. Um, he's always been known as a heavy gambler, like you said. Uh, one of the things that kind of came to light in this excerpt that was published in Golf Digest yesterday was that he tried to bet on the 2012 Ryder Cup in which he was playing. And um, he had asked Billy to place a bet for him. And Billy said, dude, you can't do that. Have you ever heard of Pete Rose? Uh, that bet was not placed by Billy Walters. The U.S. ended up losing that because Europe had the biggest comeback ever in the Ryder Cup and won by a point. But um, one of the, the interesting things that I kind of found is I, I've never kept records of my gambling. Evidently, of course, Billy Walters has. They were doing offshore um, betting with a couple offshore bookies. And at some point, because it allowed, allowed them higher levels to bet with. And at some point, these offshore bookies actually cut Billy and Phil off from gambling, where they had a 50-50 partnership. They both put up the same amount of cash, so they'd get the same amount of reward. Um, because Phil's betting had become too regulated. And far too organized and they were like yeah um this seems weird uh but there i mean there's one tidbit that he you know he would just throw down a hundred hundred and ten thousand to win a hundred thousand back so it was i, I don't know it was just kind of weird um lots of bets on baseball it's noted in 2011, he had 43 bets on MLB in one day, resulting in $143,500 of losses. How much in one have? day? In one day, how much? $143,500. In, in one day. On 43 different bets. I've never placed 43 bets in a day. I, that's... Yeah, so they're saying that's that expensive. he was aver averaging at least... It, upwards to nine bets a day which that's excessive it's a lot um but it's kind of interesting I'll, I'll i'll be curious when this book actually is fully released if there's more to it than just listen he's worth so much money that him losing a billion dollars doesn't even really seem like that much but it's 
still a, a huge amount of money. <laughs> okay, so you know that was the one of the things about the whole live golf thing. With right. that was one of the rumors was that he needed money. Yeah. yeah, because he had gambled so much money. That's why he was willing to take. I think it was a half a billion dollars from the live people. I mean, it was a lot of uh, hundred a hundred million. A hundred million he got from the live people. I thought it was more than that. According to this Washington Post article, okay. that was okay because it was. I mean, yeah. So he was was he was one of the first people coming to get a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the things that it was. You know, this promise of this much money. Now, was it that a hundred million for the first year? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, again, that would be the kind of money that would bail you out of any kind of an issues if you have a billion dollar gambling number. Um, you know, you know who wins in that deal, though? The bookie. The bookies always win. Okay. I, I mean, that is the true story of gambling. The bookies always win, the house always wins. Yeah. Except for the bookie in Seinfeld for some reason. <laughs> well, you know. But, but yeah. I mean, if you think about it, 30 years of gambling and your total losses come to $1 billion. That's, that's excessive for anyone. Um, yeah, crazy stuff. And that doesn't even account for, so this is all books. Book. Yeah, that's not how much is he playing cash, people in his pocket. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know that so many of these pro golfers have side bets going on all the time during either pro-ams or probably even professional tournaments yeah. or when they're playing in the off season. Yeah, practice much, rounds, yeah. Yeah, how much is, is changing hands just between the golfers? Yeah, it's crazy. All right, uh, speaking of gambling, before we get into the next big thing on this, um, we got to talk about one of our great sponsors here, which is DraftKings. So look, folks, we 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 gamble here. Look, we we like to lay down some cash on the game. Well, we try not to get crazy. We certainly don't encourage anybody to have a billion dollars of losses. Uh bet what you can gamble. Uh bet gamble what you can afford. Uh if you want to to get down, whether it's baseball or golf or the NFL season's coming and college football's coming in a couple of weeks, preseason's here for NFL. You can get down on it right now. The best way to do it is on DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings is a great sponsor. They help us out right now. If you use our promo link, you're going to get a hundred dollar deposit bonus. So you put in a hundred, they're going to give you a hundred in free bets. Um, also, one of the cool things of DraftKings, we both take advantage of this, both Ellen and I, is there's a lot of extra bonuses that come out. I yeah. pretty much get them every day, where you can get you know a ten dollar you know give me back you know on a, on a same game parlay, which We've come to figure out we've got a we've got I got one that's been hitting like crazy. Uh, well, I, I told everybody about that one already. I'll tell them again here. Yeah. But uh, same game parlay, like on DraftKings, frequently you'll get a bonus that says, "Hey, if you lose your same game parlay, we'll bonus you back a ten dollar bonus bet or a twenty dollar bonus bet." There's lots of cool stuff they do. Lots of props you can get into and have fun. Gamble cautiously. You know, have fun with it if you want to do it. But check out DraftKings. We appreciate them sponsoring the podcast and everything they do for us. Um, so check out the link in the show notes. Take that into DraftKings. Also, if you follow our Twitter, we're going to share it again. Uh, we have the Coach Bono's group 
on DraftKings where you can share your bets. Um, I share mine, and I will even tell you that that it means you see when I do a same game parlay or I put a three team parlay together that I'm bragging about winning later. You can see it when I bet it. And yeah. if you want to follow, follow in, you can. Uh, for instance, the same game parlay that I've liked quite a bit has been the hottest team in Major League Baseball right now is that's the, the L.A. Dodgers. I'll frequently take the Dodgers to win, Mookie Betts for two total bases, Freddie Freeman for two bases, and each of them to drive in a run. We're getting around eight or nine times on that, and frequently you'll get a bonus that can make that go 30% higher Yeah, earlier this week, and it hit. Now, I don't play it every day, but if I feel like this will hit, if I feel good about it, I'll get on it. And I'll only get on it for 10 or 20 bucks. But, I mean, we're not going to be putting fifty, hundred dollars in those things. But we hit it, was that Tuesday or Wednesday this week we hit it? I hit it. Um, I text you on it. I remember what day. I think it was. Well, two. no, you ended up losing that one because you had the Dodgers plus one and a half, and they won by one. Yeah, that was the second day. The day okay. four was the day I won. So we, the next day I didn't go money line. I did Dodgers one and a half because of who they were playing, and I lost that. So that was Tuesday night's game. That was Monday night that I, that I won. Yep. Yeah. And so um, I'm on it tonight, Friday night as we're recording. I'm on. Dodgers to win on the money line against the Rockies. Uh, Betts with two total bases. Freeman with two total bases. Each of them with an RBI. And so um, I think I got like plus 880 on it. So, yeah. I never bet the player to get a home run. I never do that. I know they're higher upside, but I just can't do it. It's not even the best home run hitters are going to do it every three or four days. Right. You know, you might be, but Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman might get two bases every game for a week. So, um, but check that out. So, just those are just kind of a couple secrets we have. We've done, and and if don't be afraid, jump in on the Coach Bono's uh, group. Yeah, we'll share the link on that, or you can go in and search it in groups, and we'll let you in and have a good time with that. So, thank you to DraftKings. Um, if you're doing fantasy sports, you can always do fantasy sports on DraftKings as well. We'll be talking more about that when the NFL season gets here. And uh, we thank them for their partnership. So thank you, DraftKings. The other thing on the gambling front, sports-related gambling front, is one of DraftKings' biggest, um, well, one of our competitors out there has been Barstool, Barstool Sportsbook, which uh, Penn Gaming is one of the largest gambling companies in the country and they bought Barstool uh, in, in a deal a couple of years ago which finalized early this year. Uh, Penn Gaming paid around $500 million to buy the name and everything associated with Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. Now the first payment on this and I, I find this whole thing interesting for a different reason other than the gambling piece. Um, the first payment was like 160 million uh, three years ago was the first time this was announced, and in this was 2020, and Barstool brought that money in. They the the last payoff was in February of this year. Now, as of a couple days ago, Penn Gaming signed a 10-year exclusive deal to change the Barstool app, the sportsbook app 
in all of the barstool sports books at their casinos to ESPN casinos. The yep. ESPN sports book. It'll be that'll be the ESPN bet app. Um sounds like the biggest problem was Barstool was not all getting Penn enough of the um a, a big enough market share in states that they were approved in and in some other states they weren't getting approved at all and a lot of that had to do with the Barstool sports name and specifically their their founder Dave Portnoy who and if you listen to this podcast, you know that neither Ellen or I are a fan of Dave Portnoy. He's a douche. He is. And, and a alleged rapist. Um, allegedly. So um, I've been reading about this. I've, I've done some research. I go through some public records, found out a lot, quite a bit about this. You'll see the fanboy uh, barstool people out there saying Portnoy just cleaned Penn's clock on this. He got a half a billion dollars, and now he bought it back for one dollar, which essentially he did buy Barstool for one dollar. But let's be clear what happened here, how Dave Portnoy is not in pocket a half a billion dollars. Right. Barstool was established in 2007, 2003, I'm sorry, 2003, by Dave Portnoy and a few others. Um, they sold a 60% share in that company to the Chernin Group, which is a private equity firm, in 2007. Chernin bought 60% and controlling interest of Barstool. The deal made with Penn was really through Chernin. Yeah. They, they're the ones who put the whole thing together. The end game was Chernin found an easy way to get into a percentage of Penn Game. The original amount, Chernin bought 60% of the company for reported $40 million. Again, not a bad payday. Let's be clear. Bay Porter made a, a good bit of money on that. My sure. Because he made probably around $20 million. Again, God bless him. He, he built the business. He built the practice. I don't agree with a lot of what he does and who he is, but he did it and he got he got paid. Good for him. He remained on the board. He remained a minority owner. Um, he and his original management team had a 25% ownership moving forward. Then comes the deal with Penn Game. Mm-hmm. Penn Gaming agrees to pay $500 million in a mostly stock deal. The original payment was $100 million in cash and an additional sixty in stock. Now that stock at the time was worth about $38 a share. Okay. And we're recording this. I'm going to look this back up again and make sure I got the exact number. Penn stock's stock has increased by, it was as of Thursday, it had gone up 15% this week. But it really deflated over the last couple of years. Penn stock, as we're recording this Friday afternoon, is at $23.50 a share. That's down 6% today. Um, and now for the week, it's now down 5%. Um, so what we see is that, again, that first amount of stock was paid at 
a strike price of about 38. Okay. It's now worth 23. So you've lost $15 a share. Yep. You've effectively lost 28 to 30% of the value. Now, Penn Gaming comes along. They pay the rest of the money earlier this year. And the three hundred and eighty million that they paid, or three sixty-eight, I think it was million, paid fully in stock. Now, when they did this, private was not done at the stock price; it was actually done at a higher value. It was done that way because, in Portnoy's case, he was given enough shares of stock in Penn Game to have a half of a percent of ownership. Now, if you own a half a percent of a publicly held company, you have to disclose it. That's how we found this out. Okay. Now, what we did also find out was that half a percent was at a valuation of the company of $10 billion, the market cap of $10 billion. Today's current market cap value is $3.62 billion. That means it is worth 36% of what it was, that stock, as the agreed upon share price of the 500 billion, 500 million reportedly paid. Wow. Now, Barstool is uh, Barstool is out. They are, they have built the, 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 the naming rights. They cannot use their name for any gambling. Uh, they cannot sell to anybody else. Penn has really, what I effectively say is Penn Gaming has pushed Dave Portnoy to the little to the kitty table. Thank God. Yeah. He was in the way of auditor. He was in the way of them getting licensed in certain states. Um, they can't expand their, their casinos in the Las Vegas. Penn Gaming owns no casinos in Las Vegas. None in Atlantic City. They have none international other than a couple in Canada. They okay. couldn't get into places because of the affiliation with Barstool. Huh. Now you bring in ESPN. Now, Penn Gaming is going to pay ESPN $150 million a year for the next 10 years for the licensing to use the name for their ESPN bet app and to use in their casinos with their, with their sports books. So for those of us who live here in Kansas, the Hollywood casinos down the street, it has a barstool sports book. In a few weeks, that will be the ESPN. Okay. Book. That's going to happen across the board at any sports book owned by a pen game. Portnoy gets the, the um he gets the intellectual rights, he gets all the everything that is barstool. Okay. For one dollar with three caveats. If he is to sell the company, Penn Gaming gets 50% of the gross proceeds of the sale of the company. Is there a timeline on that? It's infinite. Okay. In perpetuity. It is in perpetuity. If Barstool were to go to a subscription service, whether they do it themselves or sell to someone 
So if they were to do like FanDuel, FanDuel has a service for $3.99 a month where you can get live games and a lot of their other content. If they if Barstool were to do that, 50% off the top goes to Penn Game. Plus how much of that subscription fee? The subscription, every subscription fee, 50% off. Okay. The top. So it's not only 50% of the sale, it's also plus also, 50% any of subscription uh, uh, situation they would go into, 50%. Pen okay. Penn Gaming basically has 50% equity in the company without any risk. Yeah. They also are barred barstool from doing any advertising with any gaming companies. So let's think about this for a minute. You provide sports content. And this is where Barstool made a punch of their money. Yeah. Was they partnered with FanDuel originally and had huge advertising with FanDuel, then made the deal to become the face of Penn Gaming. They can't do that. If DraftKings wanted to put a bunch of money on them right now, or Caesars, or anybody, they couldn't take it. They're barred from that in perpetuity. This is not, as the fanboys call it, El Presidente making a good deal. No, this is a castration. This is, this is he got kicked to the little kid's table. This is, you're not allowed to eat at this table anymore. Go in there with the kids and go eat a fucking chicken strip and shut the fuck up. And that's what this is. Now, look, the guy probably has made, and he said in his deal, he's got pen gaming stock. He does not plan to sell it. We know he is one half, 1% owner of a $3.5 billion company. Okay? So it's, that's $36 billion. $36 yeah. billion. Okay, good friend. That's $18 million. So, okay, good friend. However, Fanboys would tell you, oh, man, he's got a half a billion dollars. He doesn't have anything. Even his former partners, the Charon Group, were good with, fuck you, kid. Get out of here. They got they got seats on the board at Penn Games nice. because of this. This was, let the adults handle this. You are a, you are a menace. You are a bad person. You're getting in the way of us making real money here. Go home. Yeah. Go home. Sign your NDA with whoever you're going to rape this week. Oh, Jesus. Come at me. That's fine. He'd come at me. Oh, I. There, there are plenty of public uh, records out there on these things. Oh, I know. I know. So. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting it. That's yeah. all. Oh, I, he's totally. Yeah. He, and he's a bad person. He is. Their whole, their whole thing of who they are is pretty much a bad thing. I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of barstool that I really care for. Yeah, I, I don't follow any of the local bar, bar stools. Um, no. I'll see some retweeted. Yeah, that's why. KU content and yeah. maybe some other content that's decent, but yeah, it's nothing. I'm laughing at that fat guy, Frank the Tank, once in a while, but that's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's about yeah, that's about all I have. On, the, on that, though, I mean, this was. It's just funny how in a world now where we have social media and yep. you get your opinion out there really quickly, it's funny how people can be so misinformed or well, come because... to an opinion on something and go, well, they just saw the big flashy barstool spool sold for a half a billion dollars. 
it ain't got anywhere close to that value. And for a company to say, we don't see any value in this to give you your money, give you your company back for $1 with just a few loose restrictions tells me there is really no value in that company at all. I I get that point. And I would just know people choose to be uninformed because yeah. they just read the headlines and don't yes. actually read the story. What I find more of an interesting twist in the business of it all is ESPN taking this on under the Disney banner. Yes. Eisner has come out and said, we are looking to spin ESPN off. And so it's a peacock feather for them to go out in private equity or however they're spun out in a way that probably signals more than anything that they won't be under the Disney banner for entirely much longer. Yes. We, we kind of hinted at this earlier. So with the whole, we see that Disney's not spending money with ESPN anymore. There's been talk. Heiser's already said, you know, the CEO of Disney said, hey, we want to try to spin ESPN to its own, its own company. I have read that the value that's being put on ESPN right now is somewhere in the $40 billion range. Uh, looking at their revenue is about 12 to 13 billion per year at about three and a half to four and a half times earnings. You know, saying, okay, well, here's about what they're worth. So now you have a deal where you've got revenue coming in, $150 million a year yeah. from Penn Gaming, who we know is worth $3.6 billion. ESPN's a $40 billion company, let's call it. That's what I'm paying. This would be a pretty good way for a private equity or whomever come in, grab the assets of ESPN and say, okay, let's figure out what is ESPN going to be moving forward? Right. Where is the revenue? In the meantime, the Bet ESPN app could give you some revenue. And you could get revenue if you say, well, instead of licensing the name, why don't we just purchase the company? So a, team, a, a, a group could come in, take ESPN, leverage a small piece of it to buy Penn Gaming. And now you've got all of Penn Gaming's, you know, not just an online presence, the ESPN bet, but also 40 different casinos. Nationwide. Yeah. And yeah. now we have this as part of it, which Disney would never do. They don't want that part of their image and their price part of their brand. Yeah, no, it's. And the, the thing I think people don't realize is that ESPN is coming to this relatively late in the game. Yeah. NBA Sports had their own book back in 2020. Yeah. And. You know, coming back three years behind this is, it, I don't know, it's fascinating, but I think it's also just a huge signal that they are being spun off. Yeah, I I do think this is the next part of it, is that I think that 
this is just a signal of, okay, ESPN wants the gambling piece. They want it in-house. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't think that ESPN would make the licensing deal for the gambling piece if they didn't have at least somebody in mind talking to them about putting this whole thing together. Mm. Do you agree with that? I think that makes sense. I mean, I I can't say that there's any certainty to that, but I don't think you make the step as Disney to make a deal with the gambling company. Right. Unless you have pretty well know that we're likely to spin this off and that's the likely partner with these people. Yeah. Or at least a number of groups doing due diligence saying, yes, we would be interested. Yes. Yeah. So I think that I find the whole thing interesting and I, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. this will be interesting. Yep. For sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but I want to get your opinion on that. So that's the interesting thing. So, um, yeah. Do you have anything else sports-wise you want to discuss, talk about anything else? We didn't do a whole lot of, like, sports takes today because <laughs> we're um, Do you have anything? Because I was going to do one last thing and then we're going to... I mean, you, you said that you were going to do a declaration today. Okay, okay. That was where I was going next. All right, folks, I've been doing some thinking. We are down to two teams in the Coach Bo's free agents. And I have not made a decision. <laughs> and here's why. And I'm going to be real blunt about this. Real, I'll be I'm just kind of give my thinking. You know, when you're a team, when you're a fan of a team, you're always a fan of the team. Okay? So, yeah. thick or thin, you're not a fan of the player, you're a fan of the team. If you're a you know Kansas City Chiefs fan, you Mahomes may be your favorite player, but if Mahomes goes to the Green Bay Packers in five years, you're not going to just up and change your allegiances. Or if they don't re-sign Chris Jones. Yes. You know. I mean, you yeah, if he was your favorite chief, you're still probably gonna be a Chiefs fan. Now, I'm still at the the Saints have gone to the bridge too afar for me. So I have turned my back on them. They know what they have to do to get me back. And they may do that. I suspect they will in the next 24 to 36 months. Okay. Yeah, I do suspect they'll get me back. Because all they have to do is cut Derek Carr and fire Dennis Allen and let Mickey Loomis go. And when they get five wins this year, they're probably going to do all three of those things. It just makes sense. Okay. Someone's going to pay the price for being stupid. Um, even though I, I, I'll be able to say the most giant I told you so of all time, but yes, that's where we'll be. However, we're down to two teams. Now, look, the front runner is the Bengals, obviously. But can you go from who that to who they? And then, you know, the big reason I'd go there would be my guy, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is hurt. How is that, calf? I haven't talked to him. Lately. I haven't talked to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he needs me to come over and rub it, I'll, I, I'm not that way, but I'll help him. I'll do whatever I can to help him. For Joe, we'll do about what we need to do. He's my guy. Um, but 
if Joe Burrow were hurt, let's say he had torn his ACL mm-hmm. out for the season, I wouldn't be rooting for the Bengals this season. Okay. And that's not being a fan of a team. That is not. That's being a fan of a player. Being a fan of a player. The Lions are the other team we're down to. Now, the big reason I like the Lions, I'm down with the coach. Coach is a little harder to run off. You know, coaches are going to get hurt. He could get run off. He had a couple bad seasons. But, you know, they're going to be improving from what they were last year. And they'll be better. Hopefully. Uh, Oh, hopefully, yeah. But he's not likely to go anywhere. He's also not, they're also not likely to, that coach is not likely to get hurt, you know. But eventually, all coaches leave. Even Belichick will eventually leave the Patriots. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? So, this is where I'm pulled. I'm pulled on, honestly, either choosing the Lions or continuing my free agency through the season. So and you're holding out. In a way, yes. I'm choosing to not sign a contract right now. You're holding out. And what I'll hold out would be if I was under contract. I'm not under contract. So where I'm leaning to at this point is I'm going to root for individual players. I'm going to root for my LSU guys. I'm going to root for Burrow and Chase and, and Patrick Peterson and Justin Jefferson, and then players that I just like in the league. Okay. You know, like I have said for years, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I actually despise the Dallas Cowboys, but I love Dak Prescott. I mean, I, I just, I've always liked, I liked him in Kyle, even though even we do Mississippi State. Um, you know, there's things like that. We're like, I'm just, I think where I'm leaning is to remain in free agency and enjoy the season one game at a time, one player at a time, and not choose sides. Fascinating. And I'll tell you what did it for me. It was Joe Burrow's injury. I think that's what gave me the clarity on this. Okay. Because I don't think I would root for the Bengals without Joe Burrow. I know I wouldn't be rooting for the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Well, when I asked you that when you texted me today. Yeah. I said, aren't you supposed to cheer for the team through the injuries? And you're like, that's my problem. That's the problem. That is exactly the problem. I can't cheer for the team if I'm not here for the team. Right. You know, if you were, when we were kids, if you were a San Francisco 49er fan and Joe Montana leaves to go to the Chiefs, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers has gone to the Jets. You know, Tom Brady went to the Bucks. Yeah. There's no there's no guarantee Patrick Mahomes spends his whole career in Kansas City. No. I'll tell you now, I don't think it's likely Joe Burrow spends his whole career in Cincinnati. No, he'll get tired of the, the team underfunded. Yeah. There'll come a point where they'll be like, Yeah, no, these we're and, and they'll come a time where they don't want to pay. Yeah. That's just the way these things are. Brett Favre went to with the, the Jets and the Vikings. The yep. Vikings were the rival of the Packers. Yeah, same division. Yeah. So I'm not going to change teams at this time. So there won't be, 
your team, Bo, your team, this, that. that. I, I am hopeful that my former team is willing to do the things they got. I'm hopeful that my former team is like a bad spouse who needed to go to drug rehab. Think of it that way. They need to go to rehab and they get their quarterback out of there, get a new GM, get a new coach. And then I can welcome them back once they've gone through the 12-step program. Because I love them. I just don't want to give up right now. I cannot put myself in that situation. Okay. You're doing it for your own mental health. I am doing it for my mental health. I cannot be a Saints fan on my own mental health right now. So just out of curiosity, and we can probably wrap up, but how are you going to be choosing which games you watch each week? That's I'm just going to take best best matchups. Okay. You know what? I mean, like, let's look. I'll give you an example. Let's see. Week one, we can really pull up. We can pull shit up. Give you an example. So week one, um, September seventh to twelfth. Obviously, I'll watch Thursday night just about every week because that's going to be a standalone game. Although uh, I really hope Amazon gets better games this year. They are. Well, the first they well they don't get. Well, they've the got the Chiefs opening night, right? That's going to be on NBC. Oh, okay. Yeah, they get it straight week, too. Um, but, like, okay, the 12 o'clock games on the first Sunday of the week, of the year. Carolina, Atlanta, Cincy, Cleveland. Probably watch Cincy. Uh, Jacksonville, Indy, not really interested. Tampa, Minnesota, not really interested. Tennessee, New Orleans, not interested. Uh, San Francisco, Pittsburgh could be the game. If Burroughs hurt, and not playing week one, I'll probably watch that San Francisco-Pittsburgh game. Um, Arizona-Washington, Houston-Baltimore. The three the three o'clock games are Seattle and the Rams, Miami-Chargers, that'd be a good game. Philly and New England, good game. Vegas-Denver, I don't really care about that. Green Bay-Chicago, they're not going to be both, they're not going to be very good. Houston-Baltimore, all right, so now we're at the 12 o'clock game. So, yeah, I, it's going to come down to I'm going to watch what I think is the best game or the most compelling situation. Okay. You know, I want to watch my guy Burrow. When know? he's back. When he's back. You know, I want, I will want to watch. I mean, I want, I will, I will want to watch some of the Chiefs. Yeah. They're, they're a fantastic team. I mean, I'm going to want to watch some Buffalo. I'm going to want to watch some of the Eagles. I'm going to want to watch my guy Dan Campbell shock the world a couple times. They're going to keep that game close week one. If the spread is seven. Now. Now. That's going to change. The game's in three weeks, so. When it gets closer and that spread creeps up, it's just going to creep up. Hit Hit the points there. So I think that's what I'm going to do. It's a good. You had a good question there. But what are you going to do when you're watching games? I'm going to watch the best game available. Okay. I'm just going to play it. You know, I'll watch the Thursday game. I'll watch the Sunday night game. We already watched those anyway. I watch Monday yeah. Night Football anyway. So, uh, I'm looking at this real quick to show. Kind of, you're asking about the Thursday night games. Week two, they've got their first week. Minnesota Philly. Kirk Cousins still in money that night. And they got Giants 49ers. 
49 should be good. Detroit at Green Bay. I'll be watching now. Dan Campbell's going to kill Green Bay. Yeah. Um, Chicago, Washington. A couple of these games are snoozers. Denver, Kansas City is on a Thursday night. Is that here or there? It's in Kansas City. Oh, is that the... No. It's October the 12th. Okay. Uh, So Jacksonville, New Orleans... Tampa Buffalo week eight is on. This is all the prime games. Um, week nine is Tennessee Pittsburgh. Great rivalry game there. Mm-hmm. Usually a good rivalry game. Um, Carolina Chicago week ten could be a good game. Two young quarterbacks. Yeah, Bryce Young, Justin Fields. By that time, Young should have a good feel for the game. I'm picking Carolina to win the win the South. By the way. That 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 division's trash. The Saints are going to finish last. Week eleven, Thursday night, Cincinnati at Baltimore. That might be the marquee game of the week. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, Monday night's Super Bowl rematch, filling in Kansas City on Monday night. Yeah, they book into that week with really good games on Thursday and on Thursday and Sunday. In theory, um, the next week is then Thanksgiving, so they got the Friday day game, the Black Friday game, yeah, which is Dolphins Jets. So Amazon got some good games, yeah. And it's not, you know, the traditional, you know, it's not Colts, it's not Colts Jaguars, right, or Texans Cardinals, the you know? snoozer games that they had last year, yeah. So it'll be interesting, but that's where we're at. Um, so there's my free agency list. And uh, oh, you know what? I was I remembered something you said. You were talking about the gambling stuff, and you know yep. the big stuff about University of Iowa and Iowa State Claire's and more have been uh, um, arrested and now uh, indicted. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see how the University of Alabama football team has decided to address the gambling issues since they had no. some gambling issues on campus? No. Nick Saban brought Pete Rose in to talk to his players about the, the harms of gambling. Okay, dude. Now, look. Well, okay, so you and I can laugh that off. But think if you're the young generation. They only know Pete Rose as the guy who got in trouble for gambling. Oh, no. I I fully agree it's a smart move, but I think all of us at this point think that Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. And it's it's MLB being dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the the Baseball Hall of Fame. But um, the thing about it, though, is that, I mean, that's an interesting way to get in front of these young men and say, hey, we got this problem already happening with baseball here. And you see what's happening in Iowa and Iowa State. Don't fuck around. Well, and it's not even that. Now they can roll it up and say, look at the NFL teams that are suspending players for betting on site for not even games that you're involved in. They just happen to be on the facilities in their betting. So uh, it's, you know, I get it. Yeah. It's all interesting stuff. I thought that was kind of a funny thing. I remembered that. So, 
Um, the last thing I want to say before we get up out of here is both Ellen and I were talking before we jumped on about the wildfires in Hawaii and what's going on in Maui and Lahaina in particular. Um, I've been there. That was one of those, it's one of the most wonderful vacations I've ever had in my life. The prettiest place, we actually talked about the Jones Report, as I chose that place to be the place I'd have my last meal. Yeah. The draft we did, the Jones Report. But uh, look, 58 dead is the last uh, thing I've heard on number of deaths uh, caused by wildfires in Hawaii. Um, Maui and Lahaina in particular are so beautiful. And just a wonderful, wonderful place. I hate to see this happening to good people as well. And um, keep those people in your thoughts, keep them in your prayers. If you have ways to give means to the Red Cross or other charities to help those people, do it the right way, but do it. Uh, I know we're going to make a donation, you know, things like that, um, because it's a great place. And even though it's, you know, in the middle of the ocean, they're, they're Americans just like us. Uh, you know, there's no reason to be an asshole to anybody. And at the same time, again, it's just a wonderful place with a lot of great tradition. Is Yeah. So as they say in, in Hawaii, they, uh, they talk about people's mana. And so my mana and my ohana is after them and their people, and I hope they're well. So um, God bless you. God bless everybody in Hawaii. I hope you're well. I hope people who are there still are safe and uh, let's do what we can to help them. Yeah. And if you've got a trip plan, maybe consider canceling that. Yeah. Donate the funds that you get from getting those tickets rebated and returned because yeah. uh, they don't need people there right now. No. They, they, they need space to be able to dig through everything that's going on. There'll come a time where it's more appropriate to travel and to go enjoy a wonderful place. Um, as someone has been through that with Louisiana and Hurricane Katrina, you know, yeah. tourism is a big deal. Um, it is a big deal there as well. Um, they'll come at appropriate time to get back to it. And when you do, I know we will go back. That is yeah. something that we've loved and we would, we've already put in on stuff. In the meantime, don't be ashamed or don't feel like you, um, don't feel like you can't make a difference. Go out there and make a difference and help some people. So anything you want to wrap up with here? No, buddy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. And I will. I'm going to be at the Royals game, Royals Cardinals game Saturday night. Uh, wife and I make a little date night out of that, so that'll be fun. So we'll be thinking of you as well. And uh, <laughs> we're going to have to. I got to figure out some way to come out there soon. So, um, but hey, we want to thank everyone for listening this week. Uh, thanks, to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get our podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. So until next week, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That's Ellen Wingington. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.